I'm going to use the microphone, I promise. That better? Good morning. Lots of things going on. We appreciate everybody being here today. Uh, before I read scripture, I want to read a list of people that really have a need for prayer. And keep these people in your prayers, please, because I personally believe that the Lord can work miracles in our life. Uh, this week, uh, I went to a business and asked them to help me help someone else. They dropped the price by 30%, and uh, now somebody has a washing machine that they really needed. And I had prayed about it before I went and said, Lord, you work it out. All I'm going to do is go make the request. You talk about almost being in tears when I walked out of the place because the Lord answers prayer. And it doesn't have to be huge, major things. I mean, this was a used washing machine that probably was worth 100 bucks, But the guy was willing to reduce the price uh, to where I could help somebody else. To, they would have one for their use. Uh, and that makes a big difference in quality of life for somebody. And so when I went to that person, I said, you know, the Lord is good to trust. And they said, yes, he is. He is good to trust. So I think the Lord is good to trust for all these prayer requests we got. So I'm going to call them out. And I want you to remember them in your prayers and in the prayer we have today. Beulah Powell is still fighting COVID. She's in recovery. But pray for her. The Lord will strengthen her. Laura May Skipper still has health issues. Christina's Coker, Christina Coker High lost her father uh, past this past week. And remember that family, that the Lord will send the comforter to them and be with them. Andrew Bauman, uh, th those of you who know Andrew, he's the young man who's working to become a chaplain. He's here last week. He's uh, not feeling well, not COVID. He's just under the weather. Elizabeth Duncan and Veronica Sal's family, comfort for the passing of Elizabeth. Again, just pray the comforter will come and be with them. Bonnie Gunn's cancer, pray that you will continue to remember them. The M. Ryan's been under the weather, continue to be with them. Pastor Paul Garrett on a ventilator fighting COVID. Uh, everybody in the world says, you know, we're going to give up. God don't give up. If he takes him, it's because he has a plan for him. He'll be in a better place. But he can heal him. And we just have to believe. Uh, Brother Ron Jeffcoat uh, got a call last night, and the uh, pastor found out about it. He's on a ventilator up in Lexington Hospital uh, battling COVID. He's a friend of mine. I've known him since Carol and I were dating in high school. Uh, I'd like to remember him. He goes to the Orangeburg Church, the other brother of Vaughn. Um, Brianna Grant's parents, Jim and Tracy, both battling COVID. Her father's in the hospital. Uh, he's really got a battle on his hands. So the Lord can touch them. And for those of you who don't know who Brianna Grant is, she's the fiance of our pastor. So I know his prayers are going in. So let's everybody pray that uh, the Lord will touch them. So at a time like that, what do you, what do you say? What kind of scripture is appropriate? So here's what I think is appropriate. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord, bless his name, show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare the glory, his glory, among the heathen, his wonders among all people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. All those idols that were made, what's going to happen when everything goes away? 
when the earth decides to take it, they're all going to melt down like everything else. You put an idol in the middle of a fire, it just goes away. Talked about that in Sunday school class this morning. I'll tell you what. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O worship the Lord of the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. The world also shall be established and it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof. Let the field be joyful and all that is therein. Then shall all the trees of the wood rejoice before the Lord. For he cometh for he cometh to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. Praise ye the Lord. That's what we need to be doing every day, every hour of the day. Every time something goes wrong, even if it goes wrong, praise the Lord that he can work us through it. Praise the Lord that we're facing difficulties because sometimes, you know, to, to get a piece of metal hard, what do you have to do? Got to get in there and heat it up, temper it, and when you get tempered, it gets harder. Sometimes trials come before us to temper us and make us harder. Uh, I believe the Lord can work miracles on this list. And if I didn't believe it, I wouldn't stand up here and ask you to pray for them because I believe prayer works. So keep them in your prayers. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and everybody pray. Kind Heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise your holy name for this opportunity to come before you in prayer. Lord, this opportunity to lift up those that can't necessarily lift themselves up because of sickness. Lord, to lift up families that are hurting for the loss of a loved one. To lift up those, Lord, that have circumstances that are beyond their control but that need help. Lord, I pray that you will be with each of them and help them and touch them, comfort them. Lord, be with them. We know that you will be. Lord, I pray that you will continue to abide with this congregation and help us, Lord, to be able to do as you would have us to do, to worship you, to praise you, and to lift you up. Lord, I pray that you will be with our pastor this morning as he delivers the message that it would be the word you would have us to hear. Lord, that the songs we sing will be a joyful noise unto you and that all of this will be praise to you. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's remain standing this morning for worship today. As Brother Randy so eloquently said just a few minutes ago uh, about all the things that are going on in the world right now, the chaos that's ensuing with uh, this COVID situation and sicknesses that are abounding. This week when I was praying and asking God to kind of give me directions for the songs this week. Uh, this song came to my mind. We haven't sang it in a really long time. Uh, it, some of you probably are going to be like, well, Pastor, I hate this song. That's okay. You can hate it because it's not for you today. It's for the preacher. So if you're mad, you can get mad at me because I needed to hear it this week. Because this song just simply said, God said he'll turn it around. I don't know when COVID's going to end. Right now, Sister Beulah's on the way to the hospital. I don't know what's going to happen. I've got a 54-year-old soon-to-be father-in-law that's on eight-liter uh, oximeter in the hospital. I don't know when it's going to turn around. Don't know if it'll turn around. I don't know. But I know the Bible tells me that God said, and I can't do it, he'll turn it around. What the devil meant for evil, whether it's COVID, whether it's cancer, whether it's struggles that, you know, financially, marriage dilemmas, whatever, 
what the devil meant for evil, God said he'll make it good. Amen. And he'll turn it around. And so today, that's going to be my prayer today. That's it's not for you, it's for me. But I want to sing today, God said he'll turn it around.
uh, skip one more song. We're going to go to a song that's going to be new to you today. But I believe this song really speaks to what we need to hear today.
Father, we thank you today. Oh, we love you, Lord. Father, we come before you now in the presence of your people. Father, let that be the heart cry of the church. God, wash all our sins away. Let the redeeming love of Christ Jesus supersede all struggles, all failures, all sicknesses, all diseases. Father, today we need you like we've never needed you before. Father, there are people that need a touch from God today. God, we stand humbly before you in your presence. Father, we thank you, God, for the sweet, sweet spirit we feel in this place. Wash all my sins away. Wash all my sins away. Redeeming, redeeming love has been my theme. And shall be till I may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. If you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to go with me to the book of Matthew chapter number 24. Matthew chapter 24. We're going to begin reading there, verse number 12. Let me just make mention to you of a couple things today. Don't forget that you can uh, bring your tithes and your offerings and you can put them in the boxes to the front of the church or in the back. Uh, If you don't, if you weren't prepared today, you can give in other mechanisms. You can give online. You can give at uh, SantiCircleCOG.org on the Tithe.ly app by mail or in-house. Don't forget you can also subscribe uh, each week to our podcast and uh, on Google uh, play and uh, apple podcast and uh, listen to the services there again as well and uh, those that are joining in-house or online thank you for being here today Uh, there are many people uh, that need a touch today a lot of people sick today quite a few folks that are not here because of health concerns some on the way to the hospital right now with health concerns The world's in trouble. There's no way around it. The world's in trouble. I wish I could stand before you today and tell you that by this time tomorrow it'll be over, but I can't tell you that because I don't know that. I can't tell you that it'll be over by next week or next month. or, In fact, I can't even tell you if it'll be over by the end of the year for the holidays. I don't know that. But I do know one thing today. I know God's still in control. I do know that. I also know that God's never lost a battle. And I highly doubt that COVID's going to be the first one he loses. Now, it may look dark. It may look bleak. It may look like we've got no hope. But we have a hope. 
We do have a hope. Our hope is found in Jesus Christ. The Bible says he's the author and perfecter of our faith. That means he started this plan of my life. I have plans for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope in the future. God started my story. He formed me in my mother's womb. He knew me. He knew the number of hairs on my head. But he said he's Alpha and Omega. So he he started writing my story, but he also knows how my story is going to end. So if God wrote my name in the Lamb's book of life, I don't have to fear anything because I'm actually, when I get to heaven, I'm just going to be starting to live. That's when I'm going to start living. That's where I'm going to start living. But there are some people that on this side of heaven are in trouble. Jobs, finances, marriages, health. I wish that I could stand before you today and it would be like what used to be normal. Having dinners on the grounds and shaking hands and hugging necks and high-fiving instead of elbow bumps and fist bumps and airwaves. I wish I could tell you we could all just throw caution to the wind. We didn't have to have masks. We didn't have to do anything. We could just love one another and not have any fear. None. But I can't do that. Because there's one thing I do know. I can't control mask mandates. I can't control vaccinations. I can't control COVID. I can't control cancer like Bonnie Gunn is facing. I can't control a lot of things. But I know someone who can. Here's what the old song says. Can you hand me a B flat real quick, Miss Carol? For I know... Yes, I know he holds my future and my life is worth the living just because he lives. I can't fix it. I can't fix it. But my life is worth the living just because he lives. Well, how can you know that, preacher? Because here's how I know. Because I know, yes, Lord, I know he holds my future. I don't know it, but he does. And my life is worth the living just because he lives. So for everybody sitting in here this morning or watching online, if you're not at Dow Murray Funeral Home up on Main Street, if you're not at Otto Russell's across the street, if you're not at Dow Funeral Home in Somerville or some other funeral home there's some folks this week that are going to lay their loved ones to rest i have two funerals on on thursday to do back to back one at 10 and one at seven back to back one day two funerals there's gonna be some people laying a loved one to rest but if you're able to watch online or you're able to be in house today you're still alive you might not be breathing at optimum level and you may not even feel the best but you're alive I guarantee you right now, Beulah Powell would much rather trade places with you than be en route to a hospital right now. I guarantee you. 
But I do know this. I may not can go to the COVID unit wherever she's at or go to the COVID unit where Brianna's dad's at or go to where Paul Garrett is at and, and on a ventilator or Ron Jeffcoat in Lexington. But I can tell you, I know, yes, I know who holds their future. I can't, but their life is worth the living just. Because he lives. And the reason you and I are here today is because he lives. The reason you and I are in this house today is because he lives. The reason you and I have got our abilities, the cognitive function to get dressed, put keys into ignition, crank a car, drive it on this property, and get out of our car on our own power, maybe with a little assistance, but still get in this building, is not because you got good health, because you take vitamins. It's not because the doctor gave you a good report. It's not because you take all these supplements. It's not because you take vitamin D or zinc or potassium or drink orange juice. It's because God's Son is still in control. God still sits on the throne of heaven. I wish somebody would understand we have hope because God still lives today. God still lives. So there's no excuse today. There's no excuse for us not to praise the Lord. There's no excuse for us not to worship the Lord. There's no excuse for us to not to magnify and glorify the name that is above every name, that that name every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is God to the glory of God the Father. There is no excuse today why we don't praise God. Some of you inside of this room today, you've already had COVID. Thank God you came through, so you got a right to praise God because you're not on the ventilator today. Some of you got it two or three, actually got it twice, but you didn't either time go down into Sheol or go down into the depths of the earth. You're still alive, so you've got a reason to praise God. Some of us have come off of operating tables we shouldn't have come off of. Some of us have had situations that there should be no way we should be in this house today. But we are here today because it's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. We serve a God that's high and lifted up. We still serve a living God today that's the God we serve but there's people in this world that don't know that God there's people in this world that thinks it's all happening because of their own abilities now you hear what this preacher says carefully I have told you wear a mask wear a mask get a shot get a shot don't wear a mask don't wear a shot that's up to you but I'm just gonna be honest with you today I don't believe nothing that the news people say anymore. I don't even know if they told the truth. I would recognize the truth because they've distorted the truth too much. So you listen to me today. Now, I know some. this is going to probably rock some theology, and some people are probably going to get mad. You know what? Some of you may not come back next week. That's between you and God. But I'm going to tell you what I feel like the Lord told me to this week. I don't care what the CDC says. I'm not going to be insubordinate, but I don't really care what the president says. I don't care what the Republicans or the Democrats or the Green Party, the Red Party, the Black Tea, the Red Tea, the Green Tea, the Sweet Tea, the Unsweet Tea, the Lemon Tea. I don't care what party they're in. I don't care what side of the fence you're on. I'm tired of listening to what the Republicans say, what the Democrats say, what this person says, what the CDC says, CDC says, what does the FDA say, what does this shot to prove, what that shot to prove. I'm tired of listening to it. If you want to talk about that, my God, go to Cracker Barrel and talk about it all day long. But I'm telling you one thing I am going to tell you today. I think it's time for me to just start listening to what this says. 
I'm tired of listening to all this other junk. I'm tired of all of it. I'm going to tell you something that the Lord stirred in my spirit this week, and I know I'm probably going to lose friends on social media over it, and that's fine. I needed a good purging on my Facebook account anyway, so it'll just help me expedite that process. So let me go ahead and say it. I'm tired of people writing on Facebook all their business. I'm tired of people bashing other people of the faith on, faith on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or TikTok. You can TikTok this all you want to. You can tweet me all you want to, but it's still you need to get your face off of Facebook, put your face back in a book and get a hold to God there's no social media site that's going to fix it there's no political party that's going to fix it there's nobody in this world there's no pastor that's going to fix it the only person that has the ability to fix this mess that we're living in is the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost of God we need the Ruah the breath of God to blow in the house again we need God to move again in this nation that's what we need Well, glory, I don't even know what to do now. Thank you, Lord, for letting me get off that off my chest. I've been waiting since Tuesday to say that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, let me get back to the real message before I lose my job. Let's get on to Matthew 24 and 12. And because the iniquity shall abound, huh, you can stand if you'd like for the reading of God's word, the love of many, Well, wax cold. I thought about that. We're not talking about the sinners. The love of many will wax cold. That ain't sinners. Because if you've never experienced the love of Jesus, there's no way for it to grow cold because you don't know what it was like to be warm or hot. We're talking about church people, y'all. Church people is going to get cold, complacent. Church people is going to throw in the towel. The love of many will wax cold. But he that shall endure until the end, the rest of us who will hold on to God's unchanging hand, the rest of us that will be counted as the remnant, the rest of us that says we're not going to turn our back on God now. I'll not turn my back on him now. He's given me everything I have. He gave me my first breath. I'll give him my last. And the old song says I'll not turn my back on him now. Those of us that wait till the end. We'll be saved out of this mess. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto the nations. Then shall the end come. Then shall the end. Once everybody's heard Jesus is alive and well, Gabriel's going to get the cue. Let's go. And he's going to blow the trumpet. I want to talk to you again this week if God will allow for the next few minutes and hopefully get through it today. God's wake-up call. God's given us a wake-up call. Now, whether or not you answer the call or not, it's between you and God, but the call's been given. Father, to the very best of my ability, help me to preach your unadulterated word of God. God, I don't need to make friends today. I'm not here to make friends. God, I'm not here to pad my stats. God, I'm not here to make other people think I'm something special. God, I'm not here to even make sure that Church of God Cleveland, Tennessee thinks I'm something special. 
I'm here today on a divine assignment by God himself to speak. I'm asking you to take a coal from the altar of heaven, anoint these lips of clay, hide the iniquity inside of me as a man of flesh, and let the word of the Lord burn forth. You let your word go forth today. Do not let me be seen, but God, let your name be glorified in this place. I feel your presence in such a powerful way. God, I need you to move like you've never moved before. We need you like we've never needed you before. We settle this. We declare this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, in which all things and blessings come and flow. We praise you and glorify your name. in Jesus, the name that is above every name, we pray and ask these things. And the people of God together said amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I shared with you last week that when you go on a trip, if you're like the pastor, and you stay in a hotel, there comes a time in your journey there at the hotel that you're afraid you may not wake up for your appointment that week. So you'll hit a number on the hotel telephone to ring the front desk, normally zero or nine, depending on how they have it set up. And the front desk will answer it, and you can request what is known as a wake-up call. And they will ask you what time, and you'll tell them 6.30, 7, whatever time you tell them. You'll lay down and go to bed. About that time, 6.30 or 7, depending on what time you requested, a wake-up call will ring. The little red light on your phone will start flashing, and the ringer will start being obnoxious. And you have two choices. Some people, they'll pick up the phone, but they don't listen to the message. They just hang it back on the ringer because they didn't want to be woke up right then. Maybe they drift off to sleep, maybe not, but they're annoyed with it, so they just hang up the phone. Others pick up the phone. They'll hear some automated pre-recorded message that'll say, this is Hampton Inn and Suites or Comfort Inn and Suites or Fairmont Inn and Suites. This is the wake-up call that you have requested. You hear the voice on the other end of the line. I told you last week about the old hymn of the church, the Royal Telephone. Central's never busy. Always on the line. You can call on Jesus anytime by dialing the royal telephone. See, here's the problem with the world today that we are living in. God's been ringing the wake-up call button a long time for the church. But there's many of us have picked up the phone and looked and realized it was God calling, but instead of listening to what he had to say, we hang it up. Oh, God, you're trying to tell me I got sin in my life. Don't want to address that. God, you're trying to tell me that I need to read my word more. No, I don't have time for that. God, you tell me I need to be a man or woman of prayer. No, I'm too busy for that. There's a lot of people. I just read to you in Matthew 24 and 12. The love of many will wax cold. The Bible said, God said, I'd rather you be hot or cold, not lukewarm, because if you're lukewarm, I will literally be nauseous to my stomach and spit you. That word actually translates to nauseated or vomit. You, God said, people that are for me on Sunday morning but aren't for me on Monday morning, it makes me so sick I want to throw up. God wants to throw up. I told you last week, you can't be the bride. God's not looking for a date. He's looking for a bride. 
God doesn't need somebody to shack up with Monday to Saturday and then hope on Sunday morning he's got a righteous bride to come home to. God doesn't want an adulterous church. He doesn't want a, a spouse that's out running out. And, and you wouldn't do that if your spouse was running around on you. And then coming back home to you, you probably wouldn't have the same marriage that you would if they weren't running around on you because you'd have trust issues. Nobody wants their spouse to be running around on them. And we expect God wants us to be living a life of sin and going and doing but expects us to be the bride of Christ. God doesn't want a stained bride either. God doesn't want an adulterous bride either. But we live our lives at times that way. We live a life of sin. We live a life of wickedness. We live a life of deceit. We live a life of malice. We backbite. We gossip. We get bitter. We get angry. We grow, we grow animosity towards one another. Even the people of God can't get along with one another. How do we expect the world to get it right when the church can't get it right? How do we expect the world to know what it is to dwell together in unity when the church doesn't know how to even walk across the aisle and smile at someone because we're offended by the person across the aisle? How do we expect the world to understand what it is to have godly sorrow and understand what it means to go to an altar to repentance when we got Christian folk or people that claim to be Christian that are so prideful and so arrogant they won't even dart the door of an altar. They'll never pray at an altar because they're afraid of what somebody might think of them. How can we expect the world to get to a place of repentance? How do we expect the world to want to follow a Savior that we look miserable following? How do we expect the world to want to follow a Jesus that we don't even act like we want? How do we expect the world to have the desire to come to Jesus Christ and become a Christian when we look like that's the worst decision we've ever made? Oh, you've met those people. Come on, some of y'all people have been in church longer than I've been alive. You know who those people are. They look more sour now as a Christian than they were before. They should have just stayed unsaved. At least they looked happier. Now they're a Christian and they're... It looked like being a Christian's made them miserable. God's calling has given us a wake-up call. But the Bible also said that those that would endure to the end, those that would see the wake-up call and say, you know what? I got it. Hello? Uh-huh. God, you need me to pray? Absolutely. Father, in the name of Jesus. I come before you right now. Oh, the phone's ringing again. Hello? This is God from heaven's wake-up call. Get in your word because if I don't shorten the very days, the very elect would be deceived of God. You better get into your word because there's going to be a time where men will endure uh, 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 fables and they'll have with itching ears and not adhere to sound doctrine. They won't pay attention to anything that's going on. They won't listen to the word of the Lord. They won't want to hear a good preacher preach the word of the Lord. They want some guy to get up there and give them a motivational pep talk and tell them how they can live their best life now in ten easy steps and how they can get rich in ten easy ways. They want somebody to make them feel good when they leave church to say well I went to church this morning but they never had to call sin sin they never had to call their sin out they never had to come to an altar to repentance people want, people nowadays want to come to church and they want the pastor to condone their sin condone their lifestyle but God said he cannot do that he is a holy and a righteous God he does not condone sin no matter if it's big or small God does not condone that mess if you come to church you should have a time at church where God starts to stir your heart and calls you back to repentance. But people don't want that.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have I not called you out and set you apart? Have I not called you my own special prized possession? Did I not die and shed my blood for you? And yet now you live as if it was some minuscule and easy task to do. But I am coming, says the Lord. Ready or not, whether you like it or not, the day and hour is soon approaching. It is now time for you to wake up because you will be left behind if you do not heed the call, saith God. Will you give God praise in this house for his word? We live in a world. I wish I could stand here in church today and tell you that life's going to be grand and a bed of roses and a fairy tale. But it's not. I'm looking at many women in this auditorium right now. Many of you got extended family, children, grandchildren. Great-grandchildren, you don't even know if they'd make it if the call of God came today. We're not talking about the world that's going up and down Highway 52 or at Walmart right now already eating at Gilligan's. We're not talking about the people we don't know. I'm talking about your family. Some of your family wouldn't go right now if the trump of God blew right then. Why does that not call us? Why does that not stir us? Why does that not move us to God? Oh, God, have mercy on my child. Oh, God, have mercy on my grandchild. Oh, God, have mercy on my church. Oh, God, have mercy on us. But it doesn't move us. It doesn't elicit a response in us. It doesn't change us. We've got men and women of the faith. They'll see somebody that calls with the Brother Randy this morning, read you a laundry list of names I gave today. So often, I could hand out this sheet to many people. So often, people would be like, okay, all right, Beulah, Laura May, Andrew, okay, Veronica, Amron's okay. And this is what they do. God, you know the needs. I pray you bless them. In Jesus' name, amen, because they got somewhere to be. That was the extent of that prayer for that person because they had other things to do. God, help me. I'm not here to make friends today. I'm just going to tell you the truth today. I guarantee you, though, but if you were in Beulah Powell's shoes, you wouldn't want somebody to just be like, oh, God, touch her so you could get to Gilligan's. You'd be praying to God, somebody got one through so I don't end up on a ventilator. I guarantee you, if you were Christina Coker High or Elizabeth Duncan's family, like Veronica and Scott and their family, I guarantee you, if it was your spouse, your sister, your brother, your family member that died, you wouldn't want the church to be like, okay, God bless them, but I got somewhere to be today. But you'd want God to pray. You would want people to pray and ask God to comfort you in your time of need. I guarantee you if it was your husband like Paul Garrett or a pastor friend or a, or a, a father, your father, your, your uncle, your brother, your, your, your husband or wife that was on a ventilator and your organs are failing, you wouldn't want us this morning just be like, oh, God, touch him. we got to get to Gilligan's. You would want somebody to forget food and get a hold to God. Let me just say it this way. Maybe this will be more impactful. What if it was Randy Erzberger today? Or Stan Frierson today? Or Marion James today? 
Or Dennis Clark today, do you think Sister Carol and Sister Dale and Sister Sandy and Sister Brenda would want more than just a God touch them so we can get the Cracker Barrel? I bet you they would. I bet you they would. Or in a situation like Brianna's parents, one's battling COVID at home, the other one's battling COVID at hospital. They're separated, can't even see each other in this time. I bet they want God to get a hold of one through for them. We got people that are more pre, pre, uh, people with more preconceived agendas and plans and schedules. To, they got their own agendas to keep rather than God's divine appointment to keep. Too many people have their own agenda rather than God's divine agenda. Well, Pastor, I got to do this this week and I got to do that this week. I gotta, well, you know what? You do it. But I promise you there will come a day if you live long enough, and I hate to say it, but it's the truth. If you live long enough, God will bring you to your knees if he's got to one way or another. You might be too busy for him now. You may not have time to pray to him now. You may not have time to read his word now. You may say, Pastor, I don't have time. I'm just living a busy life. I got this, that, and the other going on. That might be all well and good. But I promise you there will come a day if you live long enough, God will get you to a point where you'll need it. Well, Pastor, I'm too busy. My job's working me too much. Well, God might take that job since you're too busy to talk to him. I bet you when you don't have any income coming in, you'll have time to come to church and tell me and the church to pray for you because you need God for a financial miracle. You'll have time to pray then because everything fell apart. Pastor, I don't have time. I got a schedule to keep. I guarantee you if all that stuff falls by the wayside, you'll have time. You don't believe it? You just take a quick trip down memory lane back to the early parts of 2020, you had plenty of time to do it because you couldn't go to work. Your kids couldn't go to school, so you couldn't say that your kids were busy out doing stuff. They couldn't even go to school. There was no softball tournaments. There was no basketball tournaments. There was no cheerleading competitions. There was no uh, uh, PTA meetings to go to. There, There was no extracurricular activities to do. There was no job to go to for a while. You couldn't even go out to eat for a while. Groceries became hard to get because of situations and there would be uh, a premium demand on different things and be sold out for months. You're having to ration ration things and barter and trade for like hand sanitizer and toilet paper, simple products. But oh, how quickly we forgot what those days were like. Because now that everything seems to be back, we've got a a shelf stocked full of supplies and all of our lives are going back to normal. I don't need you anymore, God. i got my schedule back on track. Then Delta variant shows up. Even more, in some respects, deadly than the first round. And people are still not moved. It's as if they've got immune to it. Pastor, I didn't come to church for you to talk about COVID. No, I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about the end. What did I read to you? I read to you this morning. It says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached, and the witness to the nation, and then shall the end come. The love of many will wax cold. That's already happening. Later in Matthew chapter 24, the Bible starts giving us descriptions of things that are going on in the world. Last week I talked to you about how the devil is doing a real good job deceiving the church. He's doing everything he can to get the church to be deceived, confused. He's already got the world confused. Now he's trying to make the church confused. That's why the Bible said if God didn't shorten the very days, the very elect of God would be deceived. 
Matthew 24 tells us things like war and rumors of war. We're there. Nations and kingdoms at odds against one another. We're there. Famines, earthquakes, pestilence would abound. Well, Africa's had deadly crops eaten by locusts. Famines, earthquakes have abound. Matthew 24 says that there will be many that are killed. That we're there. Many will be hated for the cause of Christ. We're there. Many will be offended and hate one another. We're there. False prophets will claim to be the voice of God. We're there. Iniquity, sin will abound. We're there. The love of many wax cold. We're there. I don't know how many of those you have to decide that you need to write down to make sure that you realize it, but we're already there, church. We're there. So when he says the love of many will wax cold, when he says that those that will endure till the end shall be saved, and then he says after this the end shall come, we're there. We're there. Pastor, you telling me that in the next couple days, couple weeks, we're going to be out here? I don't know. But I'm telling you, I firmly believe he could blow the trumpet right now and we could be gone like that. We are there. But I don't want you to feel like that the only thing that I came today to do, tell you was all the negative things. Last week, I gave you all the negative. I told you that the devil is working overtime. I told you the devil is just on an all-out blitzkrieg assault to destroy everything the kingdom of God is standing for. Have I ever in my life felt like I had preached the word of the Lord and had a word from the Lord to preach? Last week was probably the number one of all time. I really believed last week that was the moment in time divinely orchestrated by God. It had to be declared over the people of God. We saw five people either commit themselves, either rededicate themselves, or come to a first-time saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in last week's service. Five people. All of heaven's angelic choir was rejoicing over those five people, making sure they were ready to go home. But those same people that made sure they were ready to go home and the rest of us that will endure to the end, the Bible says, shall be saved. So while the devil's out there right now deceiving the world... I want to come by for about five more minutes and I want to tell you, but God's also declaring some things over this world. The devil's deceiving, but God is declaring. Because the Bible tells me things like this. For I have plans for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you to give you a hope and a future. It is not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You've been made more than an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Greater is he that lives inside of you than he that lives in the world. Life is but a mist or a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. Are there any among you that are sick? Let them call on the elders of the church and the men and women of faith. And let them come with oil and the laying on of hands. Anoint you and pray the prayer of faith and the sick shall recover. They will be healed in the name of Jesus. He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it to the very end. Therefore, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me, but not only unto me, but all those who love his appearing. Be kind. 
loving and tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ hath forgiven you. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are virtuous, whatsoever things of good report, think on these things. What the enemy means for evil, God will turn it for good. God has called all things according to his purpose. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto the Lord. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore edify the Lord with your body. With the fruit of your lips, let the sacrifices of praise be manifested. Praise him in the morning. Praise him in the evening. Praise him in the noonday. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his excellent greatness. Praise him with the symbols, the high-sounding symbols, the timbrel, the dance, the light. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Many increase. Many of them have increased. That troubled me. And many of them that rise up against me. And many of them that say of my soul, there's no help for him in God. But thou, O Lord, have been a shield for me. The glory and the lift of my head. I laid myself down to sleep, but the Lord sustained. Yet he sustained me. I laid, I, I'm here to tell you today that all those things I said, I did not write those. That whole laundry list of things I just shared with you, I didn't pin those. I didn't write them down on a notebook paper and share with you these words of wisdom I got on the backside of a desert. That's all found in your Bible. Those were the words of God himself. So while the devil's out there wreaking havoc, God's also saying some things too. While the devil's getting the world confused and while the devil's trying to destroy the church, God's writing a different story with a different narrative and a different plot. No matter how bad it gets, God's always going to have a people. Now the choice was this, are you going to be with them or not? That's the choice. Joshua said it like this, choose you this day whom you'll serve. But as for me and my house, they don't get a choice. We're going to serve the Lord. So I come by to tell some mama today or some daddy today or some grandmama today, I can't help what little Johnny and Susie does at grandmama's house. I can't help what little Johnny or Susie does at their friend's house. I can't help what little Johnny and... Little Johnny and little Susie does if the parents are split homes and they're divorced and they're half the time they're with mom and the other half the time with dad. But I'm here to tell you as the people of God both online and in-house this. Choose you this day whom you serve. If little Johnny's living in your house, he shouldn't get a choice whether or not he's coming to church. He shouldn't get a choice if we're having Bible study. He shouldn't get a choice if we're having bedtime prayer. He shouldn't get a choice whether or not we're going to go to Sunday school or go to morning worship. He shouldn't get a choice whether or not we're going to study the things of God. As for me and my house we will serve the Lord today the problem with the world today is we got too many people trying to be friends than be parents we got too many people trying to increase their Facebook friends list rather than helping their family know how to read a book I've come by to tell somebody today you need to know what they're listening to you need to know what they're watching you need to know who's feeding into them. You need to know who are the voices speaking into their lives. And you say, well, pastor, I don't go in their room. Well, shame on you. Get in the room. 
Well, Pastor, I don't want to infringe on their privacy. Well, until they're 18 years old and they're paying taxes and helping the rest of us pay taxes, they don't get a vote. They need to know, you need to know what they're doing. When you get a job and you start paying taxes, you got freedom in my house. But until you don't, until you get a job and until you start paying taxes, you're going to do as I say. You're going to live like we say. You're going to go to church like we go. And when you don't like it, you can move out, get a job and start paying taxes. But as long as you like living here, you better buckle up, honey. We're going to read the word. We're going to pray the word. We're going to fast the word. We're going to go to church in the Word, like it or not, ready or not. God's coming, and I'm making sure you go with me. And 50% of the congregation just left the church right then. We must remember that we have a hope that is steadfast and sure. God has not lost control. Satan might look like he's winning the battle, but I come by to tell you, but God wins the war. Throughout historical accounts, American history, world history, many nations won battles, but only certain nations won the entire war. The devil might win a battle from time to time, but God's going to win the war. Because when the last trump of God shall sound, and the dead of Christ shall rise up to be caught up in the clouds of glory... Those which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. So shall we ever be with the Lord. This corruption shall put on incorruptible. And this mortal shall put on immortality. And the same shall be said. The dead in Christ shall rise up and we are going home. The Bible said, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And when I finish it all, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, you may be also. We're getting out of this place, church. We're leaving here. We're leaving here. The devil might win the battle, but he won't win the war. Miss Carol, you better come just so they think I'm done. Psychological. That's what I get for taking psychology class. You just make people think something and then makes it a little bit easier. I often heard somebody say one time when the piano player sits down, that makes you that gives you 15 additional minutes because that means everybody thinks it's over. There is pleasure in sin for a season. Sin is fun for a season. But sin will cost you more than you want to pay. It will leave you in places longer than you intended to stay. And it will take you places you never intended to be. It will destroy you. Last week we read out of Revelation 20 where the Bible said that Satan would be bound up by a chain and thrown into the Abusos, which is the bottomless pit, for a thousand years, and the people of God would reign with the Lord in the millennial reign, and then for a little while, not a long time, but for a season, a little season, he'd be loosed one more time to do his final work. The old serpent in the Garden of Eden. You see, the church has a promise from God. We don't have to be deceived because we have the ability to be not only directed and guided, but we can have the discernment of the Spirit of God to see the things that are coming our way. The church doesn't have to live in despair because the Bible already told us that those who endure to the end, God will save them from it. Many people today in our families, our church, and our lives are bound. Ministries and ministers are being lost. Individuals are falling back into the same traps of sin that they used to live. 
But that's not the plan of God. God decide, God's plan is for us to be more than conquerors. Be delivered. Be victorious. Overcomers. Redeemed. God doesn't want us to walk around victims. He wants to walk us walk around as victors of the faith. Jeremiah was arrested. He was thrown in prison under the rule of King Zedekiah. Things were getting bad. Babylon was impending. Jeremiah had already told him the Babylonians were coming. Zedekiah didn't want to believe it, so he got mad, threw him in prison. And he goes to, after being distraught for a season of time, Jeremiah, uh, the, uh, King Zedekiah goes to Jeremiah, and he asks this question in, in Jeremiah. Is there any word from the Lord? Now Jeremiah answers that yes, there is a word from the Lord, but it's not what you're going to want to hear. O king. I hate to say this today, but I feel like the Lord told me to say it. There's a lot of people right now wanting to know, is there a word from the Lord? They need something. Is there a word from the Lord? There's only one problem, church, and I hate to tell you this. There is. But it's a word that not many people want to hear. There is a word from the Lord. Yes. In fact, God's got a whole book full of it. There is a word from the Lord. The problem is not a lot of people want to hear what thus saith the word of the Lord. So you better be careful when you start asking, is there a word from the Lord? There may be, but it may not be what you want. The Apostle Paul in Romans 7 and 8 talks about spiritual warfare. He says things like this, For they that are after the flesh do the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit do the things of the Spirit. In Ephesians 6, the Apostle Paul says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, even against spiritual wickedness in high places. Romans 8, For this carnality minded, for this for to be carnally minded is to be in death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity with God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither intended to be. So then we that are flesh cannot please the Lord. See, I believe that the church was designed to be a light in the darkness. The only problem is right now we're being overshadowed by the sins of society. Political correctness wrapped up in the swaddling blanket of carnality, carnality and relevancy is dimming the light of God's people. Political relevance, political correctness, relevancy, carnality, so secular humanism, moral, moral relativism is wrapping the church up in a swaddling blanket trying to dim the light rather than letting the light shine and pierce the darkness. Sure, I could preach about the answer for abortion or crime or school shootings or national problems or marital problems or drugs or alcohol, adultery, fornication. I could preach on all of those today. I could. I could sit here today and give you a laundry list of do's and don'ts and what you should and shouldn't do and what will or wouldn't happen. I could. I could. But I also could tell you this. My job today is not to browbeat you. 
even though the Bible says the Word of God is, is a sword, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and tents of the heart, my, my job is not to judge you today. Online or in-house, my job is not to judge you. It's not my job. I'm not going to browbeat you. I'm not going to condemn you. That's between you and God. But I am going to say this to you before we close. And the band makes their way to do this. If you guys want to make your way so that we'll be ready. I will tell you this. Everybody under the sound of my voice has a choice to make today. You have a choice. I can't make it for you. Now, if you need to be saved, I'll pray the prayer of faith with you. If you need to make sure you're right with God one more time, I'll pray with you. If you got a need in your life and just need God to move on your behalf, I'll pray with you. But one thing I will not do is I will not pray for you and you do nothing. Because that takes the, you, your responsibility out of the equation. Too many people say, well, pastor, can you pray or, or can you get the church to pray? I don't ever ask, but sometimes I think I should ask, have you already prayed before you called me? Because some people want me to do it or us to do it. They don't want the responsibility to be left on them. That's not how this works, church. That's not how that works. We all have a level of responsibility in this thing. When you stand before God, I can't say, well, hey, Mike was a good guy. God doesn't really care if I think Mike's a good guy. God cares. Does Mike know God? Does God know Mike? Not if I know Mike. God doesn't care. I can say, I, Brother Barnes could stand before God tomorrow morning. If that was God's plan, I could go right behind him and God could say, all right, give me your assessment, Bill, of your life. Did, did you trust me? I could go there and say, God, I, I speak on behalf of Brother. That's a good man. That's a good man. You know what God's going to say? I didn't ask you. I didn't ask you. Uh, you keep your mouth shut. I didn't ask you that. I'm talking to him. And he might come to Chris and say, hey, Chris, who do you say that I am? I might come up, hey, God, Chris is a good man. He goes to church. He's a good man. God's going to say, did I ask you? I didn't ask you. Who does Chris say that I am? Who does Bill Barnes say that I am? Who does Mike Carlson say that I am? Who does Randy Erchberger say that? Who does Jonathan Vaughn say that? Every one of us got to answer the question ourselves, not with me helping you. So we better learn how to pray for ourselves along with me and others because you have a level of responsibility in this thing too. And I challenge you today before we segue into the next part of this service, don't hear the wake-up call of God. Look at it and go, I don't have time. And hang up the phone. You better answer it when it's ringing. When the prayer bells are ringing, when the royal telephone, when God calls, you better pick up the line and you better answer the call. Because the greatest decision you'll make is answering it and the worst decision you'll make is if you don't answer it. The greatest, the, the worst thing you could ever do, the greatest disservice you'll ever do is if you hang up this phone on God and do not answer what He says. As you stand all over the house today with your head bowed and eyes closed, before we sing today, I'll ask, is there anybody that needs a touch from the Lord? With your head bowed and eyes closed. I won't call you out, but I'm just going to simply ask. If you say, Pastor, this message today was for me. It spoke to my heart today. And I just need you to pray for me. I'm going to pray for myself, but I need you to pray for me. Just lift your hands. You don't have to come. I just want to know where you are. You say, Pastor, this message. Yes, yes. Any others? Any others?
All right, yes, yes. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for every man, woman, boy, and girl that's in the sound of my voice today. You would touch them, you would bless them, you'd keep them. God, you know the need they have, and I'm praying you right now. You meet that need. If they need to be saved, save them. If they need to be forgiven, forgive them. If they need a miracle, make it happen. Whatever they need, God, this is the wake-up call. They better pick up the phone and answer it before it's too late. They better call, answer the call of God today. Let them answer the call. In the name of Jesus, we pray. All the people of God say this. Now before we sing this song, here's my challenge to you. Don't you leave this place and answer the call in here and then go out in that world and leave the phone on silence. You better unmute the phone and make sure you can hear the ringer when it goes off. Don't turn the phone off from heaven. Don't turn the royal telephone off. Don't mute it. Don't silence it. You better make sure it's on loud volume so every time it rings, you answer the call today. So let's sing this together. The Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you. And let's sing Amen together. We sing Amen. Amen. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. You may be seen in the presence of the Lord just for a moment. Those joining online, God bless you. Have a blessed week. We love you. We're praying for you. We ask that God be with you. Until next time, amen. The rest of you, if you'll be seated just for a moment, I want to make a couple uh, informative announcements to you real quick before we're dismissed. Normally on the first of each month, we have our men's and women's fellowship on Sunday night. But 